0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve his purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, band. Good morning, everybody. It's a a great morning this morning. It's the first Sunday of spring, and it's Father's Day. Now, you saw me up here earlier. These Father's Day games are great. I've been competing for a few years, always with the same result of never having won. But a few years ago, there was a Father's Day competition, which was a dad joke competition, and I learned my one and only, and therefore, my best dad joke. Would you like to hear it? Have you tried blindfolded archery? You don't know what you're missing. (laughs) And talking about not missing anything, you will see it is also a new series that we're into called Call Yourself a Christian. And it's a series about what it means to be a Christian. So one of the things is that just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Keith Green, that famous songwriter and singer from the 70s, said that um, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. (laughs) And being a Christian is not just about having faith and believing. The Bible says that even the demons believe and have faith. In James 2.19, we read, you say you have faith. For you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in fear. So what is a Christian? Like so many things about the Christian life, what it is to be a Christian is actually pretty straightforward and simple on one level, but on another level is incredibly beautiful. And we're going to go into some of that. The word Christian was first used from the very earliest days of the church when the disciples and followers of Christ were called Christians. In Acts 11.26 we read, The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And a Christian was simply someone who was a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. In the same way that a Marxist is a follower of Karl Marx, Or a Keynesian is a follower of John Maynard Keynes, and my children got me to add this one in. Or a Swifty is a a follower of Taylor Swift. (laughs) A Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ. But while being a Christian is just that, a follower of Christ, it is also gorgeously, richly laid relationship with beautiful depth Permeated by love and joy and peace and freedom and life, life to the full that Jesus has come to bring to us. We read in John 10 The thief has come to steal and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And that's what this series is about. It's about what does it mean to be a Christian? to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And today on Father's Day, I'm gonna focus in especially on what does it mean to have God as our Father. In 2006, Father's Day took on special meaning to Heather and I. Our only son, Pramod, was born on Father's Day. And although we had no tradition in our families of naming our children after their parents, In recognition of how special that was, we named my son Pramoth after me. And you don't have to spend much time reading in the New Testament to see that there is this tremendous revelation of God as father and we as the children of God. And just as I gave my son my name, God gives us his name and adopts us into his family. In John 1.12 we read, Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that is what we are as Christians, children of God. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus refers to God as Father more than 150 times. And really, it's a transformational revelation of God as Father, from the Old Testament where God was somewhat distant, somewhat separated, intermediated by priests and tabernacles and sacrifices, we go to this new version that Jesus brings forth of God as Father, who wants to have a personal relationship with you, who wants to be a Father God to you. And just one of the many examples of this is when Jesus was asked by his disciples to teach them how to pray, This is what he said in Matthew 6, 9. A famous prayer starts with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. Paul so beautifully describes it in Romans 8. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as as his own children. Now we call him Abba. Father. So what then is a Christian? A Christian is a follower of Christ and part of the richness of following Christ is that we are adopted into the household of God and we share Father God and we share a special place in the household of God. I sometimes do this thing and I invite you to join with me. I imagine a medieval castle in a movie like Lord of the Rings. There's a a balcony high up, and on the balcony is the king and his entire entourage. And down below are the citizens cheering the king. And there's the palace guard. And there's the army. And there may be prisoners who have been captured on one side. On the other side, there might have been enemy soldiers who have been captured in war. There might be diplomats and people of high status there to witness this event. And when you look at all the roles in that picture, you think, Which role am I? And I am none of those. I am a son of the king. I stand there beside the king, adopted into his family, able to enjoy all of the benefits of being in the royal family. And that is what God has done for us. How often in prayer I have prayed, and thank God that I, who was once far away from God, I who was once an enemy of God, I who was in my own sin, in my own desperation and didn't know God, but it was God who first loved me, that it was God who reached out to me and knocked on the door of my heart, that it was God who enabled me to say yes to him and to come into his family, that he took me where I was and he cleansed me, he put on me his robe, he put on my finger his ring and he adopted me into his family. This is the most wonderful and beautiful revelation of God and our relationship with him. But you know, it's naive to think that it comes without any problems. And I have no doubt that the vast majority of fathers love their children. That they would do anything to protect their children, to provide for their children. But unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, very often because of their own relationship with their father, they fall short of that mark. Sometimes a little bit short, sometimes short by a large amount. Perhaps your relationship with your father was performance-based. You had to get good grades in school or be a good, uh, a, a good person in their eyes in order for them to show you love. Maybe your father was absent, or maybe your father was authoritarian and stern, and you just could not relate to them. Perhaps your father was just simply not emotionally available, and a hundred other ways that we fathers can fall short of that ideal. So I'm gonna deal with both of those in, in the next few minutes. Firstly, the fact that for some of us, Having God as a father figure can sometimes be a challenge. One thing to bear in mind is that God reveals himself to us in many, many different ways. The richness of God is so vast that no one image or metaphor or communication can capture all that God is. And so there are a range of images that are used to convey something of the truth of God and something of the truth of our relationship with God but these images are always incomplete and inadequate in revealing the fullness of God. For example, Jesus was a middle-aged, Middle Eastern Jewish man. His father, we would not say, was middle-aged, Middle Eastern. God is beyond ethnicity, God is beyond age, God is beyond nationality, God is beyond gender. And although God has revealed himself in human form throughout history, it doesn't mean that God is human. The human form that God has revealed himself in is to help us understand something of God, but is not a full revelation of who God is. And God has revealed himself in very many other images too. In Psalm 23, he reveals himself in the, in the image of the shepherd and the sheep. The lord is my shepherd i lack nothing that doesn't mean that we are sheep or that god is a sheep farmer god has revealed himself as a mother a mother hen in psalm 91 it says he will cover you with his feathers under his wings you will find refuge but that does not mean that god is a mother hen god has also revealed himself as a mother In Hosea 11, I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I bent down to feed them. And so God is not fully defined as a mother. And there are many, many other ways in which God has revealed himself. I don't know if you recall, but when Jesus was once asked a question, he said, when the dead will rise, this is Matthew 22, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. So in some mysterious way in heaven, we're gonna be different than how we are right now. Even elements that are absolutely fundamental to our identity here on earth is gonna be different in heaven and in the spiritual realm. But having said all that, It's undoubtedly true that God has chosen overwhelmingly to represent himself to us in the New Testament as Father God. Jesus referred to Father God more than 150 times. And I think that there are some good reasons for why that is the case. A story is told about a vicar in the UK on Mother's Day, not Father's Day, Mother's Day, who gave 500 Mother's Day cards to the prisoners in a particular jail. And he came back a few days later and they had filled in the cards and he mailed them off to their mothers. Well, along comes Father's Day and he does the same thing. He sends 500 cards to the prison and a few days later he goes to collect them and not a single card had been filled in. Undoubtedly, those prisoners had something of a relationship with their mothers but absolutely no relationship with their fathers. A Jewish rabbi says that God in scripture tells us things that are not self-evident or understood. And I think we can see that there is something about the love of a mother that most people have some evidence of, some experience of, some interaction with. But that when it comes to the love of a father, it is not always self-evident. And I think that's part of the reason God has chosen to reveal himself in that way. But one thing I do know is that whatever we think we know of God, God is truly beyond our comprehension. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial, incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. So Father God is a powerful and meaningful way that God has revealed himself to us. Don't get hung up on the fact that in that revelation God is male. After after all, all of us are the bride of Christ, and that doesn't make us female. I like the Catholic Catechism, which says, God is not male, God is not female, God is God. The second challenge that I talked about is that our experiences with our earthly fathers can affect us as we think of God as our heavenly father. Now, during COVID, I had uh, some time and opportunity to read a number of books on the father heart of God. I had a friend who was really struggling with this, and we walked with that friend through that time. And one of the books I read was a book by Mark Stibble called I Am Your Father. The author Mark was orphaned in 1960, but he was adopted soon after into a really good family. In fact, the family was adopted into were pupils and friends of the great C.S. Lewis. And despite this dramatic change in his circumstances, The seeds of rejection had already been sown in his heart, and many, many years later, in 1986, when he was a vicar in a church in the UK, the Holy Spirit gave him a transformative understanding of the Father Heart of God, and he went on to write over 50 books, many of them, about the Father Heart of God. He coined a phrase, the pandemic of fatherlessness in describing fathers who have been shirking their obligations and responsibilities because they themselves have often been abused, neglected by their own fathers. Mark describes how for him, the use of father in connection with God was just not helpful. It led him to see God as someone who would one day abandon him, just as his earthly father had abandoned him. And he talks about how we tend to project onto our heavenly father Things from our own relationship and experiences with our earthly father. As Mark describes it, we can project desertion, disease, detachment, death, distance, divorce, and disappointment. When our picture and our relationship with God is deficient, it often leaks into many areas of our life. For example, we might become or our behavior may be in some areas clingy or lonely, insecure, hypersensitive, afraid, or we may live with a scarcity mindset. Now, this is a very complex area. We all walk a highly individualized journey of sanctification and restoration in our relationships. We live in a fallen world and all our relationships need to be sanctified and restored especially our relationship with God, if we want its full potential to be realized, to take it to that beautiful place that it was in the Garden of Eden. And as we go through our own individual, personal journeys, we all need to reach towards that place where we know God is Abba Father. And on that journey, we need each other. We need God's power we need God's spirit, we need God's truth, and we may even need professional help. One of the most helpful things for me has been a form of spiritual warfare that I often have engaged in regard to the character of God as Father. I look to see what the Bible says, I look to see it in history, I look to see it in prayer and meditation and devotion, and start to get a grasp of what that means. So I want to make it practical today. I want to take the aspect of God being for you and not against you. Perhaps in your relationship with your father, you actually wonder would God stand would your father stand up for you? Would he be on your side? Would he go to battle for you? Would he go to war for you? Would he give you every opportunity of success? And maybe you really question was your earthly father for you was he really for you well let's look to our heavenly father what does the Bible say in Romans eight thirty one, it says if God is for us who can be against us and this really is the bedrock the foundation upon which our Christian faith needs to rest that God is for us God is not our enemy God is not out to get us God is for us God wants us to succeed And as I look at redemption history, all the way from the Garden of Eden, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Jesus, I see God moving in my direction. I see God making a way for me. As I look at my relationship with all of you in this beautiful church, I see the love of God expressed towards me. And I start to see that I can never earn God's favor. That God was for me before I even was formed in my mother's womb that God was for me before I was born that God was for me from the moment I came into this world I can see that God has always been for me and that God will always be for me and then I take that and I extend it to the greatest extent possible extent possible I make it the most the best version that that can be what if God was just unconditionally for me and I start to get there a glimpse of just how much God loves me, just how much God is on my side. That scripture we read earlier in in Corinthians says, even then I'm only seeing partially and incompletely. As far as the east is from the west, that is how much God is for me and not against me. And as a friend of mine said in group this week, God's got it, it's going to be okay. Sadly for many of us, our view of God is tainted by our own experiences with our earthly fathers. But I want you to hear this. How could our earthly fathers have been anything but a pale imitation of God? And so this is not a message of condemnation to our earthly fathers, but of encouragement that they have a role to play in pointing us in the direction of God. And we have a God who wants to restore our relationship with Him as Father God. So I want to do something today if you're up for it. I want you to think about something positive in your relationship with your earthly father or your earthly father figures. And then I want you to take that characteristic And I want you to think of what would be the very best version of that. I want you to just extend it to infinity and beyond. Make it the most intense, best version that you can dream of. And then I want you to realize that even at that full extension, that that is only just a glimpse of how much God loves you and how much God is for you. That's a wonderful exercise to do over the days and years ahead, as we start to get to know more the heart of Father God. And what a special day it is today. Today is the first Sunday of spring. It's Father's Day, it's a new topic. It's a new area that we're looking at in terms of the Father heart of God as we we follow Him. And we know that being a Christian is more than just coming to church. It's more than just believing or having faith in God. Being a Christian is about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And we have this wonderful invitation to enter into being a follower of Jesus Christ and having God as our Father, that we might call out to Him, Abba, Father. That we as Christians who are following God know that there is a revelation and a truth of Father God that is rich, that is there for us to enter into, to experience God's love for for us. Abba Father is not just a historical revelation of God, but it's a rich and beautiful mystery that communicates the very heart of God towards us. So as I said, it's a very special day today. Wherever you are on your journey with Abba Father, we want to pray for you and with you. Perhaps you have never, ever given yourself to Jesus Christ to become his follower. That you haven't allowed Father God to adopt you into his family. Wouldn't it be wonderful, like my son who was born on Father's Day, for you to be spiritually born on Father's Day. To be able to say that on Father's Day, God became my father. Or maybe you're walking along in your Christian journey and you're getting to experience and understand more of the Father heart of God towards you. I want you to know that whatever it is you need in God, the Father heart of God contains it. The Father heart of God is for you. It's there to protect you. It's there to provide for you. It's there to heal you. It's there to defend you. It's there to make a way for you. It's there to guide you. The Father heart of God is for you and not against you. So as the service comes to an end, I'm going to say a prayer together. And afterwards, these altars will be open. And I really encourage you, take advantage of that opportunity. And there's a prayer team here who are there to pray for you and help you in these areas. So will you close your eyes and join me in prayer? Dear Jesus, Thank you for coming to earth for me. I want to follow you today and for the rest of my life. I ask you to come into my life to help me change, to help me follow you, to help me be a Christian, and to know you in the fullest possible way as Father God, Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au